Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. The scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 35 to 39. Hear now the greatest commandment. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. Jesus, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. May God add blessings to his word. Over the past few weeks, we have been exploring what it means to be United Methodist. Several of you have shared with me stories of your connection to the church. Sarah shared during prayers about how her great-great-grandparents were Methodist. Kay, here on the second row, raise your hand, Kay, so they know who I'm talking about, uh, is a United Methodist originally from Oklahoma. Methodist ended up in Oklahoma when they came with the Cherokee out of North Carolina on the Trail of Tears. Methodist pastors accompanied the Cherokee on that long journey. Kay's two great grandfathers started a Methodist congregation together in Oklahoma. One donated the land and the other built the church. Charlie Cavanaugh, who isn't with us quite yet, his wife Ruth is with us. Charlie may wander in and be with us at 11 o'clock, told me how he grew up in Fresno. He attended a congregation, not United Methodist, with his mother for the first few years of his life. They had to get in the car and drive 20 minutes, and he hated Sunday school. It was in the basement, there were no windows, and there were rowdy kids. He met some neighborhood children who walked to the Methodist church in town, and so he asked his mother if he could walk with them, and she said, sure. So from that moment on, he was about eight years old, Charlie would walk to the Methodist church. He loved Sunday school. It wasn't in the basement. There were windows, and he loved the other kids. And he would walk there, and then he would walk home. At the age of 10, he was told to be in worship on Sunday. It was a very special day, and he said he was sure to be there, and he was gifted a Bible. It was the King James Version. It had a black cover, and it had red text for Jesus' words in the New Testament, and Charlie still has that Bible today. It was St. Paul's Methodist Church in Fresno. Mike Harvey, who is not with us, they have COVID, Mike and Carlene. They usually sit right here. Mike is a retired Lutheran pastor. He just retired during COVID, and he's been worshiping with us. And he found in the family Bible that his great-great-grandfather was a Methodist circuit rider. So I think we all need to tease Mike when he comes back. He's come full circle without even realizing it. He knew he, there's a reason he should be here. 
Um, others of you have shared you became Methodist because your spouse invited you to the congregation. Others of you found us by walking out the front door of Safeway. Um, I've heard this from a couple of people recently, a couple people in this room right now. You saw the banner out front and said, let's go and check it out. And I skipped over Gina. Gina and Jojo are United Methodists from the Philippines, and Gina shared with me this week that her grandmother and mother were Methodists, and she lived one block, like Safeway, to this would be her house, that distance from Methodist Church growing up. Uh, Methodism is big in the Philippines. We are a congregation that is filled with so many connections to this church, so many connections to the denomination, lifelong United Methodists, as well as some of you who are new to this tradition, and we are all welcome here. And if truth be told, there are a lot of people in our community who could care less about denominational labels. When people visit our congregation, I think they are more concerned about our style of worship, the music that we offer, the friendliness of our members, our commitment to missions, and sometimes, just sometimes, the preaching of the pastor. <laughs> Yet this congregation is United Methodist. And we have a strong and long tradition that reaches back to the founding of Burlingame. There are other United Methodist congregations in this county. I sort of did a quick Google search this week. You know, no, I love Google. I have to get that in like every single sermon. I need to work on that. Um, <laughs> and there are at least like six just like right here. Um, so we have this great presence here in this county. In fact, United Methodists are present in every county um, about in the United States. It used to be said that there were more United Methodist churches than post office in the United States. And I looked, there are about 36,000 post office um, in the country and around 33,000 Methodist churches. So we're about right there together. Um, so about everywhere you go, you can find a United Methodist church. There are approximately 6 million United Methodists here in the United States. And as I have been sharing these last few weeks, we have a global presence. There are 7 million United Methodists outside of the United States that stretch all the way from Zimbabwe, the Philippines, Russia, Angola, France, the Pacific Islands. We have United Methodists in 45 nations and are serving people in over 130 nations. And yes, I googled how many countries are there in the world this week in writing this. Anyone know? 195. 195. So, well, a majority of that. So we have this rich local history, ties throughout this country, and a presence again throughout our world. And while we are Christians first, yes, we are also proud that we are United Methodist. What does it mean to be United Methodist? We're United Methodist primarily not but what, what we think, but by how we love. We are United Methodist primarily not by what we think, but how we love. How we love. Yes, Paul. While Grace underlines our theology, Wesley said that the distinguishing mark of Methodism is that they, quote, love the Lord God with all their hearts, with all their minds, with all their souls, and with all their strength. 
Wesley was quoting Jesus's greatest commandment. We heard it in our call to worship, heard it from Stacy in our scripture this morning. Being a United Methodist is first and foremost following Jesus's greatest commandment to love God and to love our neighbors. How do we love God? How do we love our neighbors? John Wesley said that there are three simple rules to follow. He took those two rules and then fleshed it out a little bit in three. So now we don't have to remember just two. We do have these three. I shared them with the kids. On Friday nights, we have this sort of joke that we do slides. They're very high-tech slides. And we actually had these slides a couple weeks ago. I talked about this. But we also have really fancy slides up here. So there's the very first rule for you to remember. Do no harm. The second rule is to do good. And the third rule is to stay in love with God. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. These three simple rules are the bedrock of Methodism. We should not harm ourselves or others in any way. We should do good in every way possible. And we should stay in love with God by attending to spiritual practices. John Wesley wrote these rules down in a pamphlet that he titled, The Nature, Design, and General Rules of the United Societies. It's really captivating, isn't it? want to pick that up. The Nature, Design, and General Rules of the United Societies. He published it in 1743, and it is the most published writing that he ever did. These rules continue to be printed over and over again in our denominational literature. In these rules, Wesley details how we can love God and love our neighbors by doing no harm, doing good, and attending to spiritual practices. So this first rule sounds rather simple, right? Do no harm. But if we think about it, sometimes it is hard to avoid doing harm to others. If you'll think about it, the very first set of rules in the Bible are what? Way back in the book of Exodus, Moses received the Ten Commandments, a set of rules, and a lot of them are telling you what not to do. There are a lot of thou shalt not, right? Do no harm. Thou shalt not. It's important for us to remember what not to do so that we don't harm others. Wesley listed some things, and here's what he listed in the pamphlet. Cursing and using profanity, abusing alcohol and drugs, buying and selling stolen goods, gossiping and hoarding wealth. I think those are all things that people struggle with in this day and age as well. So this week, I encourage you to pause and to ask yourself, are my words, are my actions causing harm? Is there anything that I am doing in this moment? Reflect back on your day. Is there anything in my words or in my action that caused harm? And then work to reverse that. Or in the moment, if you're feeling yourself angry or irritated, pause and say, is there a way that I can proceed without causing harm? Wesley's second rule was doing good. 
It's not enough just to avoid doing harm, but we also have to do good. We also have to do good. Jesus declared that the greatest commandment was to love God and love our neighbors, and we do that by doing good. Wesley listed ways of doing good and had two groups. He had the physical needs of people and spiritual, the souls of people. Caring for physical needs of others, he said, such as giving food to the hungry, clothing the naked, helping the sick, and visiting in prison. Help people physically. That's one way of doing good and loving our neighbors. He also said caring for the souls of other people. That means sharing love with others through our words and actions. We at BUMC care for people's bodies and souls. It's all a list of what we are doing right now to care for people's bodies. We love our neighbors' bodies when we collect socks for Deacon Cena to distribute on the streets of San Jose. It's important that people have dry feet. When we donated shampoo and soap to Life Moves during Lent, we were being good Methodists. When we make sandwiches for Deacon Cena, we partner with Call Primrose. We're saying it's important for people's bodies to eat. This year, we hope to add food to the backpacks given out at Backpack Palooza because we know that full stomachs are important for children. This summer at Sierra Service Project, youth and adults will be repairing mobile homes because ensuring a place to rest, ensuring a safe place is important for caring for people's bodies. Wesley's second rule of doing good included caring for people's souls, our bodies and our souls. To do good works without acknowledging the divine source of our ministry and inviting others to participate in that ministry misses the very reason that we Methodists serve. Wesley rules call us to share with others the stories of Jesus. This year at Backpack Palooza, we have invited Vision in Jesus Christ, our Spanish-speaking congregation that worships here in this building on Friday night and on Sunday evenings, to partner with us in Backpack Palooza. And we have asked them if they would like to have a prayer station where they can pray with people who come to Backpack Palooza. We want to be intentional about letting the people we serve know that we care about them because we are loved by God, and they are loved by God. Yes, we are simply doing good, but that source comes because we want to share God's love with others. That is the source of our mission. People yearn to know why we serve the God, why we serve God, why we want that love, why we want to share it, and we need to witness that through our actions and our words. Doing good means acting like God. When we stand in front of God one day, God is not going to ask us where we lived, what our income was, where we attended school, how large our home was, the size of our closets, the salaries we earned, the places we lived, none of that. What is God going to ask us if we loved our neighbors, if we loved our neighbors and attended to caring for their bodies and caring for their souls? 
So one popular version of Wesley's rule of doing good I have up here, and some of you have come to take your a picture of it um, and say that this is what you strive to live by in your life. It is up there. Okay, I can read that one. Um, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. Do good. Do good. Do no harm. Avoid evil and do good. The third and final rule is staying in love with God. Jesus observed basic spiritual habits, ways of living that drew Jesus closer to God, his Father. Christians throughout the ages and in all denominations observe spiritual practices. Wesley expected that Methodists would observe those practices as well. We practice these ha habits on a regular basis here at BUMC. We gather for worship. We pray together. We read the Bible. We take Holy Communion, receive Holy Communion. We baptize. All of these practices can be summed up with one phrase. We spend time with God. We spend time with God. Or as one United Methodist bishop coined, we stay in love with God. We spend time with God. We seek to stay in love with God. When we spend time with God, that means we're in communication with God. We communicate with God. If you think about our human relationships here in your life, in the world, can you have a relationship with someone that you don't communicate with regularly? Or a good, healthy relationship? No. To have a good relationship, you have to communicate with that person. So how do we expect it to be any different with God? If we're going to stay in love with God, stay in relationship with God, then we have to stay in communication with God. We have to pray. We have to read our Bible. We come to worship to be with one another, most importantly, with God. We must spend time with God in order to stay in love with God. So those three rules, do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Do you all think you can memorize that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've got to go to just the two. It's okay. Love God, love neighbors. And then if you want to expand on a little bit, do no harm, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Our congregation is part of the larger California Nevada Annual Conference. It covers the northern part of California, the top half of the state, and all of Nevada. We have a YouTube channel. If you like watching YouTube videos, you can subscribe to the Cal Nevada YouTube channel. And lately, they have been posting videos with interviews with clergy and laity who are doing these three simple rules in their community. They call the series History in the Making. History in the Making, and the tagline reads, spotlighting clergy and laity who work to make life better for people down the street and across the country. One of the videos highlights Cafe Agape 
at Pittsburgh UMC in Pittsburgh, California. And yes, I had to Google that and find it on the map. I talked to Stephen about it this week. He goes, I know where Pittsburgh is. I said, well, good, I didn't. Pittsburgh UMC had two young adults who during COVID were missing being with their peers. And so they started a Zoom group that they titled Cafe Agape. And they'd invite other young adults to gather with them once a week on Zoom. And they simply began by sharing the stresses of their life, how being in the pandemic was affecting them personally. The group grew. They had their first in-person meeting um, maybe about a year ago and had 40 young adults at that meeting. They have since formed a choir out of that group that participates regularly in leading worship. The group has gone on the road, and the choir goes and sings in other Methodist churches, and they continue to meet regularly with young adults coming together to support one another. They did good for one another, and they're helping people stay in love with God. In Galt, California, Galt UMC is the name of the United Methodist Church there, and they are presently building affordable housing on two empty lots on their church property. It took quite a while, about a year. The pastor says in a video they kept hitting roadblock after roadblock, but she said no one in the congregation lost the vision or the hope that they could make a difference for affordable housing in their community. They have broken ground. And they've even added to the project and are building the very first food pantry in their community. The food pantry itself is going to cost a million dollars, and they have already raised two-thirds of the money. They are going to care for people's bodies and for people's souls through these ministries. Throughout California, the United States, and around the world, People are loving God and loving their neighbors by not doing harm, by doing good, and by staying in love with God. I want to end this morning by asking a simple question. Are you keeping Jesus' greatest commandment? Do you love God? Then you are United Methodist. We first and foremost love God. And do you love your neighbors? United Methodists love our neighbors. United Methodists love God and love our neighbors by doing no harm, doing good, and observing spiritual habits. And I believe if we do this in our own lives, in this congregation, as part of the greater denomination and Christian church, then we are ushering God's kingdom into this world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.